Blogging is not dead. In fact, it's quite alive with your ideal clients. Why? Because when people want answers to their questions, they don't go to your homepage or your about page or even your services page. That's for later in the buyer's journey. When couples are just starting out their search for wedding vendors, they're plugging questions into Google and scanning the articles that come up. Those articles are almost always posts about specialized topics, aka blogs. In this week's episode of Own Your Business, Katie and I talk about how to create a blog with evergreen content, what stage of awareness in the buyer's journey to direct your posts, criteria for a successful blog, including how often to post and how long each post should be, and ways to generate ideas for blog content that'll hook your ideal clients. Own Your Business is a podcast for event professionals who want to grow with proven approaches. I'm Sam Jacobson, a sales, pricing, and copywriting expert in the wedding industry. Throughout my career, I've booked hundreds of events for millions in revenue. I've also led teams in premium and luxury markets. Now I coach people like you with my company, ID Action Consulting. It's not easy to run a business, especially if it's a business of one, because we aren't born knowing everything. Like you, I had experts who showed me the way when I was starting out and when I was ready to level up. I hope this podcast gives you the confidence to own your business. Katie Taylor Jacobson is in the house on the podcast today. Welcome, Katie. Thank you. You've been super busy, so I appreciate you carving out a little bit of time for me on your calendar. We got this really strange rush of inquiries over the month of June, something like, I don't know, 30? Oh, yeah, uh, probably more. It's, uh, you know, there's a a large volume of wedding professionals who have smartly decided to get their websites ready for booking season, which sounds like it is so far away, but it is going to be here before all of us know it. <laughs> and and you've been talking with a lot of pros. So if y'all don't know, Katie and I kind of split up some of the inquiry work. I do the sales coaching, business coaching, stuff like that. Katie handles the copywriting. And I mean, we just got pummeled with interest and which is great to see. Uh, and, and I'm happy that we have so many clients and that they're getting their sites ready to go because it does typically take, you know, three, four five months. Mm -hmm. And with busy wedding season upon us, it sometimes can take longer. So anyways, if you're listening to this, we bring it up because we want you to know that a lot of other wedding professionals right now are out there starting to think about their website. We know that sounds a bit daunting, but it's better to get things in place ahead of time, which is really now. Yeah, absolutely. And if you work with a company like us, we make it super easy. <laughs> well, you know, one of the, one of the things that, that we're going to really dig into here is blog content today. And I wanted to bring you in. I know a little bit about blog content. You know a lot about blog content. And that's because you work with our team. We have actually a dedicated blog content copywriter on our team. We don't really promote it or, or publicize that we do blog content, but that's something that, that we do in-house. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of wedding professionals know that blogging is important, but they don't have the time or the talent, perhaps the writing talent or the, um, you know, the energy to tackle it themselves. And so they reach out to a company like us and uh, we do all of it for them. Yeah. And so we're here not to promote our blogging services, <laughs> but just to let you know that this is something that's near and dear to our heart. It's something that we have spent a lot of time on. We've done a lot of research on, and uh, we we want to we want to make it easier for you. We know how hard it can be to do blog content writing. It, it's hard for even our team, professional writers, 
to continue to do it for the same client over and over again. And we have to keep going back to the fundamentals, which is to identify what are the most important topics of content to write about, and then use formulas to get that information out on the post. So Katie, let's talk a little bit about blog content here. And let's start off with kind of big picture, which is that there's different types of blogs out there. Mm -hmm. What are some options that wedding professionals have? You know, I think the two primary types of blog posts that wedding professionals share is obviously the the real weddings post where you show, you know, images from a wedding day, maybe the couple's story. This is what we obviously often see, right? Make the couple's story, how they met, what was important to them on their wedding day, pictures of them, a vendor list perhaps. And that's it. And that's great. And I do think those are very, very necessary. They they form kind of a, an extension of your portfolio. They let people see uh, how an entire wedding day played out. And they oftentimes turn into a bit of a case study. So it's great. Um, the, the other type of blog post is a content blog where you are providing um, helpful tips and resources and guidance to couples as they um, go through their, you know, kind of wedding journey. And these are going to, these second types of posts that you're talking about, mm-hmm. these content blogs, these are pretty much words only. There might be some images thrown in there just to kind of spice it up a little bit, but really we're talking about a bunch of words. Correct. And that means a lot of writing. <laughs> it does mean a lot of writing. Why even do it? What's the upside of putting the time, energy, resources into creating a blog post? I think there's lots of of you know, reasons why uh, wedding professionals should have a blog or should consider a blog. I mean, one of them obviously is for, you know, to bring traffic to your website. They're a great way of putting out information for linking it in various places and for driving traffic from a marketing standpoint, driving traffic back to your site. So SEO, SEO SEO Mm -hmm. is kind of the the trigger word there, right? You're, you're working with blogs to answer questions that people have that they're plugging into Google correct? and and then they ended up landing on your site and you bring them in through the blog. Correct. That's a, that's a huge reason. Another is to establish yourself as an expert, show your authority, you know, give yourself some credibility when, when there are couples who have already found you and they're, you know, spending time on your website, you know, another one actually is it will keep them on your website longer. They will continue to dig in and to learn more about how you care for your couples and how you serve them. And as they do that, it will encourage them to trust you more because you've been able to establish that authority and that expertise. Yeah. So it builds that, that, um, that background and it shows how your experience comes into play, how your knowledge comes into play in another form of a case study. Exactly. Here, here's a a challenge or an obstacle or an unmet desire that my clients have. And I'm going to tell you now how I would solve that problem. Right. And it's typically you're, you're talking about maybe how you would solve that problem in several different ways versus with a real weddings post. If you were to perhaps tell a story with a real wedding post, you're only focused on that one wedding and what you did to make that one couple's you know vision come to life. Whereas on a content blog, you're usually providing several examples of how you solve a, a problem or meet a need. One of the things that you mentioned that I want to bring up and just amplify a little bit is that couples who are getting married don't always know what they need or want or the obstacles or challenges that they're running into. 
And when they're in this unaware state, they need to know what other people go through like them and what their problems are, what their desires are, what their challenges are. And so when you talk about these things in a blog post, it allows a couple who's in that unaware state, they aren't aware yet of what they want or need to see what other people are interested in or running into challenges on. And that moves them to the next stage in the buyer's journey where they can actually make a decision on moving forward. Mm -hmm. And so that's really helpful. Absolutely. Okay. We've talked about how important it is. Is it important for people who are looking for SEO traffic? Is it important for people in the luxury space too? Oh, absolutely. In all, in, you know, in mid-market luxury for the reasons we just talked about, because it's not just about bringing traffic to your site. It's that other piece of establishing you as an authority, an expert, a thought leader, um, building that trust, that foundation of trust that frankly, whether you're wealthy or not, you, you want and need in an, in a professional. So anybody can use a content blog to further their bookings. Correct. How do you pick the topics for a blog post? Mm, well, tell me, tell us a little bit about what do we do, you know, as, as an example, because we, we actually help develop blog content outlines and topics that people can pick from. And then we actually write the blogs after that. So what do, what do we do or what would you recommend others do? Well, I'll start by saying something that you have said or shared before, which is your business exists to solve the problems or meet the desires and needs of the buyer. The, the, the couple, the 100%. Client, right? That's why your business exists. Right. So it's no different when you're trying to figure out what blog, you know, what topics to write about for your blog. You have to start with the couple. What are they going through? What do they need? What are, what's keeping them up at night? What are they stressed out about? What are they dreaming about? Um, but you've got to always go back to, you start with the couple and you build out from there. So you ask like, what do we do when we write a yeah, blog how do you, for a client? I, obviously we're not mind readers. How do, how do we know or how do our clients know what their clients want and need more than anything else? We ask. Oh, we don't guess? Nope, we don't guess okay. around here. We All ask. Right. We actually ask them. Yes. We look for something called voice of customer data. So we actually survey you know, past and current couples, and we find out from them what they were most stressed out about or most looking forward to or, um, you know, most worried about when it came to photography or videography or stationary or what have you. And then from there, we're able to, you know, build out ideas. But not only that, there are other things that you can find out when you kind of start to notice like commonalities about, you know, couples interests, you can also kind of branch off of there and kind of come up with new ideas. So, so we're just reaching out to people by email and we use type form as a questionnaire, you know, a way to gather the information. You can use whatever you want, Google form, survey monkey, or it can be as simple as just putting a handful of questions inside of the body of an email and saying, Hey, ideal client from the past, we'd love to get your feedback. Is that something that you can help us with? Many times they say, yes. I mean, what's our, what's our response rate on surveys or questionnaires that we send out to our clients, clients for about 75%, content. 75%. So if you, and, it, and how many, how many do we need? You know, I think in or, it, it depends, um, but to get, in order f to get a good pool of topics for blogs, ideally 15 people. Okay. So you'd have to send it out to about 20 of your past clients that 
you would like to do more business with in the future. Correct. I mean, obviously not those clients, but the ones that are like them, they're clones. And so you would, you would find 20 of your past clients. You'd send out a simple series of questions and find out their biggest desires, biggest concerns by asking questions like, what were you most excited about? What were you most worried about? What were you most nervous about? What was your favorite part about the big day? What was the most challenging time or thing that you did during the planning process? Those kinds of questions. Correct. Now, I will also say that you can use another source to find out topics that might be of interest, which is to go and look at testimonials or reviews on sites like Wedding Wire or The Knot. You know, oftentimes when you read, especially if they're a longer you know, review on a vendor, they will say in the review, I was super stressed out about X, but then I met so-and-so and because she did why I was able to have the, you know the my dream day right but but truly you can kind of read through a series of reviews especially this is kind of like a ninja tip for people who maybe you know kind of earlier on in their business is to go and look at reviews on places like the knot and wedding wire and see what couples are talking about over and over again in your particular vendor category um, you know about you know Con, you know, points of concern. And then you need to turn around and address how do you solve that problem or how do you meet that need or desire? So you find out what the problems are that need to be solved and then you write down your solutions to those problems. Correct. Correct. So let's say you're a photographer and you know that one of your client's biggest concerns are is looking great in front of the camera or, or, or maybe it's a, uh, that would be a desire. So a concern would be feeling awkward in front of a camera. Mm -hmm. So you would then do what with that information? What's your solution? Well, I mean, what would I do with that information if I'm the photographer or if if you're writing a blog post about that? Sure. Well, I would, I would, I would be interviewing the photographer about what they do to meet that need. And oftentimes I hear from photographers, they provide complimentary engagement sessions so the couple can get comfortable with the photographer, um, or they schedule a coffee chat ahead of time so that the, the, you know, the photographer and the couple can feel good around each other. Maybe they provide fashion assistance for what to wear on certain things to make the, the, the couple feel as beautiful as possible on film. Um, maybe it's about posing advice that they offer, you know, posing so tons, prompts. So there's you're lots just coming of, up with lots of different things that you do. And then you, you could, you can create almost like a listicle, you know, top six things I do to make, you know, people feel comfortable in front of the camera or less awkward. Correct. And that, that just becomes a blog post. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's truly that simple. You know, they're a little bit of intro copy, you know, here's what I'm about to tell you, tell them and then wrap it up and provide them. Here's a kicker that everybody forgets at the end of your blog post, make sure you provide a call to action. What do you want them to do when they get to the end of that blog post? Do you want them to reach out to you for more information? Do you want them to read another friendly blog post from you? Um, you know, what, what direction, what rabbit hole do you want them to go down next? So the formula, simple formula is to to use a, a PAS formula. And PAS stands for problem, agitate, solve. Yes, pro- or, or it problem, could be problem, amplify, amplify solve. Correct. If it's, uh, oftentimes, if it's a good thing, you want to amplify the impact that it could have if you if you do it and do it well. So this is a, a, a standard copywriting formula, and it goes something like this. You talk about what the issue or concern is or desire, 
and then you talk about why that matters to the person who's reading it, what the impact of that is. And then once you've created that problem and it's important now in the mind of the buyer, you provide a solution based on your services that will help them overcome that obstacle challenge issue or meet that desire that they're looking for. And that's a very simple formula that you can use over and over and over and over, especially with blog posts. It's a highly successful formula. I'll give you, I'll give you a a sophisticated advanced technique. You can actually use a PASAS formula, which is problem agitate how others solve it. And then you agitate or amplify why that's not as good as yours. And then you talk about your solution. And this is a way to position your solution compared to the comp set or to bust a misconception or false belief that the reader might have about what service providers like you do. Yes. So using that photography example, you could talk about the not feeling comfortable in front of the camera and how that's keeping you up at night because you're worried about getting your wedding images back and looking like a you know stiff robot in them. And then while other photographers may simply give you prompts or give you poses, sorry, that's what I should have said, give you poses to fit into you know, I'm going to give you my top five tips for how to get natural looking photos or whatever. So that's one of those P-A-S-A-S examples. Right. You're not talking smack about anybody in particular. You're just saying, you know, it's called a, uh, in, in rhetorical technique, it's often called a straw argument or a straw man approach where you just put something up so that you can intentionally knock it over. And it's a great way for people to see what other people could do or do and how you do it differently and better. And that's a, that's a nice way to position your, your services and your brand and your skill set without spending too much time talking about it. Yeah. And then after you've kind of introduced the topic, agitated it, told them that you're going to give them the solutions, then you just walk them through each of your solutions and the specific things that you do in order to solve the problem. And again, then at the end of the post, you definitely want to make sure that you're offering them a call to action so they know what kind of action they should take next which ideally is to reach out to you. Right, right. Okay, so that's pretty good stuff right there. That's a simple formula that everybody can follow. How long should these posts be? If that's a structure to it, how many words are we talking about? You know, I think it depends on your goal. Google likes lots of words. So from a, you know, SEO standpoint and so forth, I would not probably go less than 750 words and I would aim for a thousand or more. Okay, so... You know, if most people are reading somewhere around, say, 250 words a minute, 300, somewhere in there, you're really talking about three to five minutes worth of content. Correct. Right. Now, I I write a lot of blog posts. If you are listening to this, you're obviously an audience member of the podcast. You might not know that I do a weekly newsletter and have for years. I've written hundreds of blog posts. And I try and keep mine between... I don't know, maybe 900 and 1200, something like that. Uh, I call the the blog three minute ideas. It's probably more like four minute ideas, but three <laughs> if you've minutes. Met Sam, good. that makes total sense, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I also read really fast. I found out that I, I like to, or I like to speak even faster. So I, I speak at around 270 words a minute when I'm going through and in my normal cadence. I actually slow it down on the podcast specifically to allow people to digest (laughs) some of the information. But I I just batched out a bunch of recordings for some new short form video content that we're doing. And I've got a 60 second limit and I was going through and reading on the little prompter that I have on the app. And I found out that 
my normal cadence when I want to speak like I do is 270 words a minute. Fascinating. Yeah. So <laughs> tell me a little bit about the SEO and keyword part of this, mm-hmm. because you mentioned Google and we absolutely want people to find this information. The reason why Google is important is because people plug in questions to Google and basically ask Google to give them an answer. And if your blog post is the best answer it can find, then it's going to come up and people are going to end up at your website. And and yes, everybody goes to Google, including premium and luxury and ultra luxury. I like to say even millionaires use Google and they could be your clients. And so you want to make sure you have that content that Google is going to be able to pick it up. What can you do when you write your blogs to optimize it for the search engine, how can you use, what are some, like, what are the top three simple things that you can think of that people could do? Well, first of all, don't get tricky with the title. Instead, think about the question that somebody is likely plugging into Google, like how to feel comfortable in front of the camera and make sure that that actual phrase is part of the title of the post. Okay, so the, the page title, is important. Correct. Very. Um, Keywords are equally important. Uh, Like for example, if you are a New Jersey wedding photographer, making sure that that New Jersey wedding photographer is showing up in a headline and perhaps in the kind of first line of copy of a paragraph, of a body copy paragraph, um, making sure that those keywords for your particular company are showing up in the headline, in the crossheads, and in the uh, kind of first line of body copy. Okay, that's great. I kind of combined some of my tips into one giant one, Sam. <laughs> so sorry those weren't three separate, but <laughs> hopefully that gives you the idea. Yeah, and and there's obviously a lot more that you can do, but using the SEO basics, the in-page basics, on-page basics, and then also posting on a relatively frequent mm. level, you know, will we'll, we'll do a lot of what needs to be done for helping out your SEO. Now, if this is not an SEO situation for you if you want to have a you know a blog but maybe you're not as consistent and it's really just about providing helpful resources well we can talk about that but do me a favor and do not put the date that you posted the blog on the blog if you are not a consistent blogger nothing makes your site look more terrible perhaps than really bad images, um, than having a date that seems like it's out of date or right. that it's inconsistent and that you kind of come and go. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Same thing with the real weddings posts. Just, right. Just remove the, just remove remove the, date. the date. It's yeah. unnecessary. It's yeah. evergreen content. Correct. Evergreen. It's always always uh, viable and, and of interest to the person who's reading it. All right. One last question. And this is helpful because I think that there's a lot of wedding professionals who don't have a lot of time and they're thinking, well, gosh, how can I do blog posts for content, blog posts for a wedding, and I have social media and all these other things? How else can you reuse the content that you create for a 800 to 1200 word blog post? Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, you can take a blog post and chop it up into smaller Um, you know, bits of copy to use on social media, whether it be like pulling some of your headlines out and putting it in an Instagram story tile that then let like click to read more information that brings them back to the website. Ooh, that's a good one. Right? Or Mm. in the individual Instagram post where you have an image along with a little bit of body copy from your blog with a call to action that says to read the full blog, you know, Click my uh, click my website link in my bio. We do this. This is how this is how we. I write one newsletter 
and it gets chopped up into three or four different Instagram posts plus stories throughout the week. Correct. Also, Pinterest, I mean, listen, we know that wedding couples love Pinterest, right? So creating a rich pin strategy where you have your blog post with a beautiful image on Pinterest with that call to action to go back to your website, it's going to just pull them into your funnel and get them moving around. And one more thing that I'm not necessarily sure relates to this last point, but I do want to bring up something we actually talked about a little bit earlier. Blogging isn't just about bringing new traffic to your site. Blogging can also be used to address frequently asked questions from couples. Um, You can write a blog post related to that. It could be used to have on your site related to something in your client experience journey where, you know, you might be asked in the middle of the client experience journey, what kind of outfits do I need to wear for my engagement session? Turn that into a blog post. Not only will it help your existing couples, but it will possibly attract and, you know, bring in some new couples for you as well. So you could use this at any point in the buyer's or client journey to share your expertise or to share some resources. Correct. And you could just send it out as a link. Hey, I got, I totally understand where you're coming from. So many other people have felt the same way that I just decided to write up a little post about it. Here's a link. Exactly. And you you can include this early in the sales process. It's a great follow-up for the discovery call. Hey, great talking with you, Sarah and Steve. Here's what I heard is of most important to you. Good news. I've got some quick tips here for some of the things that we just talked about. And I'm going to put together a proposal, send it over to you, blah, 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 blah. But you can include those links in there and, and immediately show yourself as a helpful resource and guide to get them over the hump that they're stuck on. Bingo. All right. We could talk a lot more about this, but I wanted to keep this one short and sweet. If you have any interest in writing a blog post, give it a shot, sit down, use the PAS or PASAS approach, base it on the kinds of content ideas that you get from your clients and just start by writing one and and do the best you can. If you find that you cannot get blog content, but you want it for your site, please reach out. You can hit up Katie, K-A-T-Y, at ID Action Consulting. The right way to spell it. (laughs) Or you can reach out to me. I'm the guy behind the scenes, the thumb behind the scenes on (laughs) Instagram at ID Action Consulting. Uh, We'd be happy to walk you through what it's like to work with us. Content blog is important for a lot of different reasons. And just because you don't like doing it or aren't good at it doesn't mean that it shouldn't be a part of your business. You might just need to get somebody to do that and we'd be happy to help. Boom. That's it for this episode on Own Your Business. If you've heard me on a stage or a workshop or someone else's podcast, you know I have a hard time keeping it short, but I know you're busy. So thanks for spending time with me today. You have a ton of options for guides when it comes to getting you to where you want to go. I hope you found someone you can continue to trust. If you have a friend who could use practical strategies to own their business, please share this episode with them. If you can't think of anyone in particular, we'd settle for a quick review on whatever podcast platform you listen through. 